0: Flip flops are not for running on the sidewalk. Flip flops are not. The way you do is you keep shoving diapers and twist and shove and twist and shove. Flip flops are not for running on the sidewalk. Flip flops are not. And twist and shove, twist and shove, twist. Flip flops are not for running on the sidewalk. Flip flops are not. Twist. Twist. are not Hey, uh, hi, we're here. I'm here I'm here in the garage, uh, you know, under the flight path of Los Angeles International Airport, it's me It's Dan Class. it is the, you know, this is the bitterest pill I make these recordings in a drywall box beautifully constructed by my cousin This is my cousins Surrounded by um, black sound dampening material Let's check the echo. Hey, yo! Look at that God, that's gorgeous. The nothingness is gorgeous. You know, Um, yeah, because I just, you know what I just realized was, um, you know how when you, um, you know you're going to go to the store. You know you're going, and so, uh, especially if you have a spouse, you know, one of you will say, do we need anything from the store? And you say, I, I guess so, and then you guys uh, write a list, or you say you should have written a list, you need to write, uh, uh, right, okay. But a lot of times you're kind of left to your own devices. You got to write this list or come up with a list or, you you know. And so I needed to go to Costco yesterday. And I don't know if you have Costco where you live, but it's it's one of those places where you pay them, you know, a membership fee every year. And then you get to go and buy incredibly large quantities of things at a fairly reasonable price. Now, when when uh, we had uh, babies here at the house. Now, you know I'm a dad, but I have no babies anymore. Trust me. Well, when we had babies, we ov- obviously we had baby wipes. Wipes that you use to wipe down a baby. Particularly, at least so you assume in the beginning, a certain parts of the baby that really need wiping. But then a- as time goes on, you realize that baby wipes are really one of uh, the great inventions of all time. Baby wipes and wet wipes and wet naps and uh, whatever you call them, whatever your nomenclature is for the moist towelette, it is a godsend. I mean, think about before you had kids, how often you'd be at some restaurant or a, a yogurt shop or somewhere and they'd have a little dish of individually wrapped, moist towelettes, and you thought that was just about the greatest thing. Well, why not buy them on purpose? So when H was born, almost 10 years ago, uh, you know, obviously you get the, uh, you know, people give you some diapers, you buy some diapers, you buy a diaper genie for the diapers to go into, and you buy some wipes. Do we need to discuss the diaper genie Should we? Because I've been thinking a lot about a diaper genie. Now, for those of you that have had kids, you know exactly what a diaper genie is. For those of you that don't have kids, you don't probably know what a diaper genie is. And if you're going to have kids, or you maybe are uh, trying to have kids, you're planning on having kids, you're trying to put off having kids, but she just won't stop begging, trust me, brother, you're going to have a diaper genie. Now, what a diaper genie is, now, uh, I used to think there were two ways of handling the... uh, the, uh, you know, the pee-pee caca. Basically, there's one way, that's diapers. Then there's two ways, the subsets of the diaper uh, unit. There's the cloth subset and then the disposable subset. Now it turns out there's a third, which if you want, we can discuss that too. I don't care. Hey, listen, we'll talk about anything. It's your time. Now on the one end, you've got the real diaper, cotton, you know, washable, non-disposable diapers. Okay, that's one hand. On the other hand, you've got your uh, disposable, landfill choking, resource heavy uh, other diapers. Now, when H was born 10 years ago, even though we were uh, somewhat conscious of the environment, 10 years ago, you know, Al Gore was busy being vice president. So he wasn't, Reminding us that we are killing the planet in some sort of, you know, like a monologue from The Matrix. We're killing the planet like like a virus. You're like a virus. Macy. What's that character's name? I want to call him Maceo. <laughs> Maceo. You know, if it was up to Maceo Parker to save the planet, he, he may never have found Neo. He would have found James Brown and that would have been the end of that. Nero? What's his name? Oh my gosh, I'm drawing a complete matrix blank. I'm so sorry. Neo? Trinity? Morpheus? Jeez. (laughs) And and the weird thing is he didn't morph at all. Listen, so listen, so on one hand you've got, right, you've got cloth diapers that you have to use trillions of gallons of water to, to clean. And then you've got disposable diapers, which you need trillions of acres of landfill. So what did which did we choose? Well, of course, we chose a uh, you know kind of both. Why? Because we're we're not that smart. Listen, we're practical and realistic, but we're not really that smart. So, what you what we did is we bought cloth diapers because they're so handy. Listen again, as with the wet wipe, people with no kids, you should buy next time you're wherever you would buy this sort of thing. And if you don't have kids, you don't know where that would be. But trust me, it's probably Target or wherever you go, wherever you go where there's a baby section that you don't ever look at, go in there and buy just like one packet of cloth diapers. They're handy for buffing out the car, cleaning up nasty spills. Well, a million uses for the, for the non-disposable cloth diapers, seriously. But what we would do is we'd put those on the changing table to put the baby down. So we went through a few of those, but very few, but they're very handy. But we were disposable guys. And if you've got disposable diapers, and I know we were killing the planet, and in hindsight, I might have gone the other way. There's the third way. I, I Okay, I would have gone that way. There's this new way where it's sort of you've got like a, a cloth thing that you may be but it's thin and then there's the plastic part that's very thin and you're reusing and it's minimizing not only the landfill part of it but the water part of it. it's genius and I feel guilty that it even exists because we should have thought of it 10 years ago actually we should have thought of it 25 years ago but we weren't even really worried about that until about eight years ago once we uh, you know let Al Gore loose on the world and he woke us up okay Where I'm really going with this, and and trust me, where I'm actually going with this is Costco. That's where I thought we were going, but now we're going just to, we're going to take a quick diversion to Diaper Genie. Okay, just bear with me. The first thing you need to know, guy, guy who will eventually have kids, and trust me, if you're dating a woman, and you're dating women, and for those of you, even if you're dating men, listen, this is eventually leading for many of you to children. All right, kid yourself now. Honestly, you could be a guy dating a guy. You could end up changing poopy diapers. Don't think you're immune. The first thing you should know about a diaper genie is it does not in any way involve a genie. So get that out of your head. Now, I know you knew that there's no such thing as genies. You don't know why it's called the genie. Bless you, whoever makes the diaper genie, that it doesn't come with, like, the voice of Robin Williams doing bad impressions the whole time you're trying to put a diaper away. No. Luckily, it's not. Now, so you knew there was no genie. What you don't know before you get a diaper genie is that it actually doesn't do anything. I, I see. I thought that because a diaper genie is probably, you know, two f- and a half feet tall kind of a conish shape, right? And you figure that somewhere in there there's a mechanism, some electronics, maybe some uh, acid. I was hoping that you would get a diaper genie, you'd put a diaper in there, you'd push a button, it would be ground into mulch by some industrial-strength mulch-grinding apparatus. That would then be flooded by some uh, odor-resisting, super-rapid, decompositional-formulated something. That would get swirled around and then Chanel number two would just drip out of a little thing into a test tube or something, right? And I would, that's it. I push a button, Chanel number two. Really, you know what a diaper genie is, my friend? It's a garbage can. It's really pretty much a trash can with a lid on it, okay? But it's gonna be your favorite trash can because what a, what a diaper genie is. All it is, like I say, that all that big conish thing is hollow. But at the top of it is this r- spool, and maybe they've changed them. I don't know. Is a spool of scented, stink-resistant uh, garbage bag material. So what you do is you you, you know you kind of feed it down this thing. You tie a knot in the end so the, so it's not open. You tie it on the end and you kind of shove it down. And there's this little like a wrist snapping claw, like a thing for you to get your hand stuck in. You got to be careful. But, so what you do, you got a poopy diaper, peepee diaper. You got a diaper. You got a used diaper. And you put it in the thing. And then you shove it, right? You shove it in there. And it goes past the the wrist grabbing claw thing. And then you take this whole thing and you spin it a little bit, right? And you spin that. And basically what that does is it, um, gosh, how would you describe it? Like, you know when you're at the grocery store and you put a bunch of apples in the bag and before you put the twist tie on, you grab the apples and you spin them like that and it cinches the bag shut, kind of, and then you put the twist tie on and then you're golden. Right. It's like that. You take, you grab the thing and you go, wonk, 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 around, you cinch, right? So now the the diaper is between a knot and a the cinch, okay? And then you close it and then that's it. Listen, brother, that's all it does. And then the next time you have a diaper, you take it, you put it through the wrist grabbing part, Right. <laughs> through there twist and then that makes a cinch so now diaper number two is between cinch number one and cinch number two you see how this process will then continue luckily this garbage bag material is somehow covered like I said in some sort of sort of powder smelling kind of supposed to smell good odor resisting thing So what you do is you keep shoving diapers and twist and shove and twist and shove and twist and twist and shove, twist, shove, twist, until the Diaper Genie is full of uh, human waste. Human waste filled disposable sponges, pretty much. Then what you do is, uh, at least the old style, you do your last cinch and then there's a little thing you put on there. And you turn that and it cuts the bag and then you knot that. And then you open the bottom of the diaper genie and you have pretty much like a five foot long duty sausage. Or rather a five foot long series of duty sausage links. And it's going to weigh a good 5, 10, 15 pounds, 15 pounds of wet wetness. And then you haul that off to the garbage. It is your savior because I don't honestly know what else you would do with all those diapers because you'd have to take out the garbage every time you did a diaper change. And no one's really honestly interested in that at all. So once, so basically what you do is you spend, you know, depending on the child, two, three, four. If you have a boy, four. I, know, I don't mean to be that way, but if you have a boy, if your boy is first born, not to out anyone for years, taking out the duty links, the big plastic uh, powder smelling sausage out to the garbage. Now, the problem then too is, and listen, you just have to accept this. If you do have kids, the first one, let's say the first one, because they're first born, they have no older sibling to kind of set the example. You know, you not wearing a diaper apparently is not enough for them. So they have no, right? So let's say you're going to go three to four years Emptying the genie. But somewhere in that three to four year span, you're going to decide to have number uh, child number two. So you'll spend now four plus, let's say, two or three. That's four, six, seven years. Trust me, by the time you're done with the diaper genie, you take it into the backyard and you beat it with a bat. But it's been your friend. Now, back to where we even started. And this doesn't even have anything to do with anything. I had to go to Costco yesterday. That's what it was. I had to go to Costco yesterday. And so I'm making my list. Like, do we need, you know, I'll get a couple bottles of wine. And uh, we need uh, some chicken, some salad. And uh, maybe some clothes, laundrying products. Do we need baby wipes? Now, like I say, you know, you get the diapers. You get the Diaper Genie, if you go that way, and you get the wipes. And you soon realize that you can use a baby wipe on pretty much anything. If there's a smudge on the wall, baby wipe. You got There's too much dust on the dash of your car, baby wipe. Because you've got baby wipes everywhere. you got baby wipes in this bathroom. you got baby wipes in that bathroom. you got baby wipes at the changing table. You take the changing table out, you know what? You're so used to having baby wipes near the changing table. When you even take out the changing table, you still keep the wipes there. So we keep wipes, wipes her in my car, wipes her in her car, wipes her in the kitchen, wipes her in the, right, everywhere. The house is covered with packages of baby wipes. So I have to buy baby wipes pretty much every time I, I think I go to Costco. So what happens is I don't know whether I need them or not. And we don't keep the big box in the house. because We buy them by the, you know, crate. So I go out to the garage to look for the wipes. To see if I need to buy wipes. Because I feel like I just bought wipes. Didn't I just buy wipes? I thought I just bought them. But when I go out to the garage. The box is empty. Then I look around where I would have set the second box. If I had had that. But I didn't have that. I can't find it. And I don't know where it is. And this is what happens every time. Every time. Every time. I go to Costco. And I buy the wipes. And... But I have too many things to bring in the house, so I leave the wipes in the car. but it's okay because I think I've got I'll get and I come into the studio and guess where the wipes are. I come in here to record just now and I had brought the wipes from the car to the studio a couple days ago. that's that's why they're not in the car anymore. They're not in the garage because they're in the studio. So now I have a box in an entire box of seven hundred and four baby wipes here in the studio. I have 704 in the back of the car in case I have some sort of gigantic mishap. I'm going to start pretending to go to the store because that's what happens every time either that and you you must do this. What do we need at the store? I know I'm... I know there's something I need. No, we made the list. The list is it. I go to the store. I buy everything that's on the list. I walk in the door and I go, oh, that's right, ketchup. So I'm going to go to the store, wander around the store, not get anything. Just say hi to the, the employees I know. Continue to try to figure out if those stewardesses are from Japan or China with the purple outfits on. I'm then going to come home and hopefully when I walk in the door, it'll be like, catch up then. And then I can actually go shopping. Because I can't take it. But I got really freaked out yesterday because when I went to Costco, now Costco where we go, they didn't used to have this when we first started going. Maybe they all have gas now. Do they all have gasoline now? I go to Costco and usually it's five deep each each pump both sides five deep with cars. And I pull in there and I instinctively just kind of like glance around which lane looks like it has the fewest cars I pull in here. And as I pull in and I'm I'm behind a pair of pumps where there's no one else waiting So I'm waiting for whichever pump is next. And I look over to the right and there's an empty bay. And I really started to panic like, is there something going on that I don't know about? Should I turn the news on right now? Has something happened where suddenly everyone's, right? The Super Bowl is over. The election's over. We know the economy is bad. Da, da, da gas prices have actually gone down is there some catastrophe going on right now that is distracting people from buying gas at costco because whatever is going on now has not been going on for the last five years so i literally as i'm pumping the gas i got in the car and i put on the radio and I put on NPR and I put on, I'm, try, I'm look, going through the AM dial like there must be a news station on AM that's covering whatever's going on. Maybe the airport's on fire. I don't know what is happening. But nothing was going on. Hmm. Okay. So I look around the parking lot of Costco and the parking lot of Costco is as it would normally be on a Wednesday at noon full. So I get the gas and then I got to go, you know, over by baby wipes in Costco. So I go in and there are people in there, but they don't like, I don't know where they are. And my wife had the same experience at Christmas time with these full parking lots. Then you go in and there's no one there. When people aren't buying the cheap food in bulk, like, I don't know what's going on. Are we all feeling better now? And that's why no one's at Costco. We're all buying the expensive gas at the Chevron station. Has there been an upswing or a major downswing that I don't know about? You're freaking me out. Okay? You're freaking me out. You're freaking me out. What's going... What's... Okay, seriously, what's going on? You can tell me. Are things getting better or worse? Which one is it? Is it both? Is it neither? People just aren't shopping on Wednesdays. It just happened to hit some fluke. Some fluke in the calendar the one day of year that no one is trying to cram themselves into Costco at noon? Seriously. Seriously. Seriously, you had me so freaked out, I have fourteen hundred and eight baby wipes. The kids love to play tag after karate class. The, um, you know, the little kids, the kids that are in the, you know, around four years old to seven years old class. A bunch of them, the younger ones, like to play tag outside on the sidewalk, which drives me crazy. And I... Now, I have this theory that maybe I'm just, uh, you know, like way too uptight to be a parent of uh, normal people. And I'm going to, you know, my kids are going to be in therapy for the rest of their lives because dad, you know, was so worried about them. I mean, when when Hudson was born and I'd go to the, the park, I mean, I would shadow that guy like he was on a, you know, a high wire. Because I didn't want him to fall and crack his head out. You know, if, you know, your kid falls a few times and Hudson was notorious for fo- Whenever he fell, he fell on his face. Listen, he did. The kid would fall on his face, his eye, his nose, his forehead, just cooosh, and that was it. And it would bleed and be horrible. And I'd get yelled at, and it would it's bad. And you don't want to be the guy on watch when your kid ends up with a bloody, bloody face. Now, when T came around, you know, we were four years in, so things had mellowed a little bit. And she was just kind of sturdier on her pins in some way. She's I don't know, she's just different center of gravity, she's just built differently, she's just such a different kid. I still would watch her like a hawk at the park. But not not in the same way as Hudson. Like I wouldn't walk around, you know, with a pillow for her to fall on like I would hope to do with H. I would just keep an eye on her. And I think I told you the one day, the one day, because, you know, you know, I would go to the park. And and if I was at a park with a lot of mommies or even the nannies, you know, I would be at these parks in the middle of the day with all these nannies. And they'd be, yeah, you know what I mean? Everybody's like, yeah talking away, talking away, talk, 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 Except for me. Right? They're all like, and I'm like, mmm, don't, I'm so glad you're not talking to me. One, because uh, I don't want you to talk to me. And two, I can keep an eye on my kid. Because while I'm keeping an eye on my kid and I know what my kid's doing, your kids are feeding each other sand and falling and crying and they're doing whatever the heck they want. And I'm not sure that they're uh, qualified to do whatever they want at this age. But then the one day I go to the park with a guy friend and his kid, I'm you know, one of the dads at the preschool Cool dad, we're chatting, we're chatting. I take my eyes off T for 10 seconds and boomp, she falls. Falls on her back. Daddy, I fell on my back. You weren't helping me. You didn't ask for help, baby. You want help? You got to ask for help. You got to get daddy's you got to get daddy's attention, baby. But man, daddy, da 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 da. Now maybe she fell. And I have to I have to own this. I'm going to own it right now. Maybe she fell because she thought I was watching. Right? I have to... Right? Maybe she fell because she is used to me watching. And if she does anything the least bit... Eh, I will be there to tell her to stop. Right? With H, I would be there to go... <laughs> but with T, right, I would... Honey, you can't do that by yourself. You're going to fall on your back. But I wasn't there to say that, and she fell on her back and scared years off of my life. And before I had kids, I was always the guy that said, I'm going to listen, I'm going to, I learned everything the hard way. No matter what anyone said, I didn't learn a darn thing until I fell or until I this until I that I learned everything the hard way. That's the way kids learn. That's how my kids are going to learn. So I'm the guy being the guy, it's easy for me, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Reality sets in and kids and you got a wife and she, you know? And so I admit, I have been guilty of being, uh, you know, over, overprotective in those circumstances In in circumstances, right. I'm like, you know what? At Four years old, she is not qualified to be on that piece of equipment by herself. And a lot of times I still stand by, like, Dan, you're not paranoid, you're just being a parent. You're paranoid. Don't make me feel paranoid for being just paranoid. And maybe you should be a little more paranoid. If you were more paranoid, I wouldn't have to be so paranoid. So back to the back to the situation at karate, because what happens is, and again, I you know maybe I maybe I am too uptight, maybe I am maybe I'm too paranoid. But the kids get out of class now. At our school, at, at, at Concho School, okay. He's teaching four to seven year olds. All he thinks about is their safety. Now, for those of you that, that have never studied martial arts or your kids don't study, if you're going to a decent school, and I hope you are, honestly, for the young kids, that's all anybody should be thinking about is their safety. Why? Because they're just little kids and they're running around. They're not there to run around and then hurt themselves. They're not there to kick or punch each other, to hurt each other. They're there to learn, actually, discipline. Discipline and how to stay safe and keep their friends safe and be safe and be respectful. And in the process, they learn a little punching and kicking and blocking. But for the most part, honestly, the world that I'm living in, you're learning how to be safe. And as parents, were there to keep them safe. So this really goes in, right, it's right in line with my, like, super hyper paranoid mentality. Maybe that's why I like being there so much because it's so. Let's do something that seems dangerous while well we're being super safe, right? Okay. But what happens is then the kids get out, and the dojo's on a very quiet little side street in a way. But it's also kind of right on a corner. So cars are coming around the corner. Or they're coming around the corner and then there's an entrance to a parking lot on the other side of the street. So are they coming? Are they going to turn left into the parking lot? Are they going to turn right onto the other street? Are they crossing the street? Are people crossing the street? People are forgetting that there's people trying to cross the street. People are crossing the street and forgetting that there's cars. So the kids go out on the sidewalk in their stupid flip-flops. And run around the sidewalk. Now I have four the entire duration of my life been very anti flip flop. Listen, you want to wear flip flops? That's your thing, right? I do not, under any circumstances, want to wear flip flops. You know what I? You know what I mean by flip flops? Do you call them that where you are? Flip flops are a. It's for your feet. It's footwear, my friend. Basically, you take a piece of rubber that is in roughly the shape of uh, you know a general cartoonized uh, foot. And then there's a thing sticking out of the center that you put your big toe and your next toe, right? Put that between there. And then that base, it barely holds onto your foot. And when you walk, they go flap, 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 flap. Now, my son, as much as we have in common, this kid would spend all year in flip flops if he could. I don't know what the attraction is. He never wore them before he started going to karate, but now he's a karate man and he wears flip flap 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 all the time. (sighs) Well, okay. Listen, it's karate. It's Japanese. Sure, a bunch of people are going to wear flip flops. Plus, you go in and you got to take off your shoes right away. Flip flops are definitely the way to go. And once I get used to the flap 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 flap, oh nope! Listen, do your thing, but. Flip flops are not for running. Flip flops are not for running. Sidewalks are not for running. Flip flops are not for running on the sidewalk. Flip flops are not for running on the sidewalk, playing tag on a street corner, people! So like so much of my parenting career, Dan gets to be the sphincter parent. Dan gets to be the parent that doesn't, right? Everyone else is just, "Ah, let's chit chat. Let's chit chat. The kids will be safe. Listen, if one of them goes out in the street, I'm sure the driver of the car that's about to run them over will blow their horn and then we can look up. So they're all saying, "Ah, I don't know what I, listen, I don't know what parents chit chat about. uh, You got to stop. I don't mind chit-chatting parents, but you cannot chit-chat when your kids are running around the sidewalk where there's cars. Because it's it's not a big wide sidewalk and no cars. It's a tiny little sidewalk and a lot of cars that don't really know what's going on. It's not a normal street. It's like, ha, 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 corner. Well, of course, T wants to play tag. And every day, every day, every time, I got to come out and... So I got, you know, I got, hey, you want to go to the market and get some food? Or you got to come in. I got to help Concho. You got to do the. Every day has got to be some sort of diversion. And then we got in a big row last week because I needed to stay in and she wanted to go out. And I said to H, H was there, H, go tell your sister to come in. I need to help Concho with something. And she got a little defiant. So I had to go outside. T, come in. I got to stay in. You got to stay in. I can't be outside to watch you. Come in. Which by the way is secret code for I don't trust the other parents to watch my child. Okay, if you're not going to watch your child, do not be offended when I make it very clear that I don't trust you to watch my child. Right? If you're not even on your own duty, you're not going to be on my right? You're not okay? Don't be just don't bother. Well, she found that very upsetting, and uh, and such. So yesterday, what was the occasion? I was outside, and she turned the corner, and I couldn't see her then from where I was standing. So I had to go, down in the middle of the tag game. Go listen, baby, and I was cool about it. Sometimes I, uh, you know, sometimes I actually say how I feel, and sometimes you got to put on a little show and go, "Honey." Right. Whenever you hear me going like in that kind of situation, I'm going, "Hey, baby, listen, honey." <laughs> right? I'm. That, it's it's an act. It's an act, and I want to tear her arms off. And l- listen, baby, you can't. Where I'm, where I can't see you, you can't. I don't care what these little jackasses are doing. I don't care if they die. It's on their parents. But you need to live, baby. Okay. If you right, you need to live. I don't want to drive you to Little Miss Mary of Hope Hospital. So knock it off. Now, I don't say, knock it off. I say, honey, listen, when I'm standing outside the dojo, you know that you can't turn the corner because I can't see you, okay? But here I am again, and it's peer pressure, and it's that feeling of being paranoid. I say to myself, Dan, Dude, chill. Okay, listen. Let the girl be a kid. You spend a lot of time not letting the kids be kids. They don't run, right? You're always complaining this generation. They don't go out and play in the yard. They don't do this, they don't do that. Now, when we showed up from school, our neighbor friend was there and her dad, they played in the yard. It was like, good. You know what? They played in the yard. And nothing happened. She got a grass stand on her shoulder. Big deal. Dan? I said to myself, just let her play tag for a couple seconds so you don't look like a sphincter to the other parents. You got to kind of, right, you're kind of ambassador to the dojo in a way, so you just, will you just be cool? So one of the dads is there. So I'm rapping with the dad. A little, you know, but I'm watching, 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 watching. And they're giggling, and they tag each other, and then they grab this, uh, you know, sign, like a no parking sign thing. Ha, <laughs> Then they run this way, they run that way, but I got my, I, uh, bam. And to lose down. And she's screaming, and she's grabbing her ankle, because such and such knocked her over. Because why did he knock you over, T? I'll tell you why. Because you're playing tag. You're playing tag, and that's what happens sometimes, baby, is you get tagged, and when they get tagged, you fall. But see, this is concrete, okay, because it's the sidewalk. You're running in flip-flops, and I don't want to be right about this. I don't. I don't want to be right about it, but I am. And everyone else kind of took it in a lot more stride than I did, maybe because they didn't have to, you know, calm tea down. <laughs> no, you guys, right? Am I being, am I being paranoid or paranoid? I think I'm just being paranoid. We shouldn't be running around on the sidewalk of a busy street playing tag at five years old. I'm sorry. They are not bright enough to keep themselves safe. And you are not Spider-Man. So you are not going to just suddenly like, Wah, right? They're, they run into traffic and a car's coming. You, It's not going to happen. This isn't the Matrix, Neo. You're not going to stop time. He's not going to go into bullet time and pull him out of the way. All right? Hero Nakamura, it's not going to happen. So I try to make light of it. But she's really stressing. So we're rubbing her foot and then we're not rubbing her because it kind of doesn't feel well. And I, What would make you feel better? Well, we go across the street and get a banana and a water. Maybe hold the cold water on it, you know, the bottle. And she loves going across the street and getting a banana because as soon as she walks into the farmer's market, the owner of the market calls her beautiful. Hey, how's my beautiful? So I carry beautiful over there and we get her a banana and her water and I got to carry her back and she's getting big my little baby is not a baby and she seems to cool out she kind of hobbles back to the car but she doesn't say anything else about it for the rest of the day into the night and we go home and she fills out some of her uh, valentines she's got to dress all her valentines herself which I think is great you know, 44 kids' names she's got to write, and her name 44 times on these little Valentines she got. She fell asleep early. H and I were watching the previous night's, you know, American Idol. And I put her in bed, and then an hour and a half later, she wakes up crying, crying. She's unconsolable. Well, Her ankle had tightened up. And she just couldn't wake up enough to tell me what was wrong. She's just crying and crying. Honey, is it your ankle? Is it your head? Are you this? Are you that? Well, finally she calms down enough to tell me it's her ankle. And I give her some medicine and Melissa wasn't home. She was getting home later. So she finally calmed down, we cuddled, we spooned in the bed. My poor little trooper. And I knew she had to be in pain because she's the one that can take a, you know, take a licking and keep on taking. My kid's a Timex. Maybe that's what T is for, Timex. This kid goes. And in the morning, it was, it was tight. It was tight this morning. It was tight. She and her mom walked around the house, try to get it loosened up a little bit. Then I walked her into school just to make sure she was cool. Tell one of her teachers, hey, listen, she took a dive yesterday, so she's not goofing around. I mean, her she's really got ankle situation here. Her foot is really hurting. And I got to watch their... Ref, their rehearsal of uh, their Chinese New Year song they're going to do tomorrow morning at assembly. But she looked good. She looked better. She was happy. And she's walking off the stage and she's like, Daddy! I said, baby, how's that foot? It's good, Daddy. It's good. You're all better? Well, not all better, but getting there. you people cannot make me feel paranoid again i vow for my baby that i am going to revel in my spider sense and i'm never going to feel ashamed of feeling paranoid again hit it, hit it. Hit it, hit it. all right thanks for tuning in tuning in You know, I got to stop saying that because you don't tune anything, really, do you? Thanks for uh, downloading, subscribing, supporting, as you do. I really appreciate your support in so many ways of The Bitter's Um, Yeah. Thank you. What can I say? All right, I'm going to say this right now, and I'll say it again. I've been putting off saying this and taking off. Um, I've started working on a book. And uh, I want to st- I'm starting a new dad, well, really a parent website. The show, this show is going to be, uh, well, you know, I, I've kind of had blinders on about how much of this is about me being a parent, even though it seems like I'm quite cognizant of that all the time. So, for instance, uh, eventually iTunes will switch this over to the family, kids and family category for the free shows and, um, you know... A lot of the stories may be going that way just because I'm trying to work on this book. But also, I'm starting... uh, Basically, I want to create this resource for parents, for existing parents, parents parents-to-be. It's currently called the Action Dads Guide. It's at actiondadsguide.com. And it'll be, you know, blog posts for me, but also, uh, you know, I need contributors. If you have anecdotes... To share uh, advice, how-to, whatever. It is not a wacky, like, this is not for essayists. Unless the essay can somehow teach us something. Something uh, concrete. No pun intended regarding the sidewalk. You know what I mean? Like how to actually do something. How to actually get through something. Not just wacky stories about being a dad. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Aren't we great? Listen, I, I give you three pages of websites like that. This is not some, like, this is not yet another Dan, like, self-aggrandizing project. This is for other people as a resource for other people, help other people, help myself. You, uh, maybe you are contributing something that I desperately need to know, you know? So Action Dad's Guide, there's a skeleton of a website there. But if you if you uh, would like to contribute, you know, uh, written stuff, audio stuff, video stuff, Again, keeping in mind, it's a resource, and you know my point of view, right? I don't have to tell you, they can't be too serious. You know, you know what I'm saying. Listen, you know me, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. So if you're interested, write me at, uh, you know, pill at danclass.com. And uh, yeah, yeah, okay. All right, that's enough. Uh, That's enough for today. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon, action folks. And listen, do not be ashamed of being paranoid. Another term from your friend, band, class to you, babies. All right. Seacrest out. The Bitterest Pill is produced by Jacket Media. JacketMedia.com. Makers of fine podcasts since 2004.